Welcome, everyone, to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now, let's dive in. What is up, you happy hustlers out there? I hope you're having a fantastic day, staying happy and staying present and grateful in this very moment. Now, in this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast, I have on Bradley Jarrett, a certified financial coach and holistic money manager. And he's also a professional model on the side and TV host. Now, Brad is super interesting in his school of thought and how to master your money using proven financial principles from some of the greatest wealth minds in the world. He has obtained a coaching certification through Dave Ramsey and has studied with some of the other top wealth generating experts like Tony Robbins, Warren Buffett, and David Bach and Chris Hogan. Not to mention, he's also created his own system that helps people, regular people, just like you and I, master their money. And the difference between Brad is, unlike a financial advisor who is paid from selling investments and insurance, Brad actually takes a deep dive into your current situation to help you create a wealth mindset to eliminate debt, make smarter purchases and decisions, reduce wasteful spending, and forge new powerful money habits to find opportunities to increase your income. I think you guys are going to get a ton of value from this episode. He talks about just real tangible tactics to just happy hustle your finances. So I think you're going to get a ton of value. And if you do, share it with a friend. And if you want to know more about Brad, you can go to his website, bradleyjared.com slash coaching, and even get a free consultation with him to see if it's a fit to work together. So if you get some value, share it with a friend because especially in times of crisis, it's important to master your money and have that financial mindset for success. So without further ado, let's dive in to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. All right, Bradley Jared, you are live on the Happy Hustle Podcast, my brother. Welcome to the show. What's up, Kerry? Happy to be here, man. Thank you for being here. And what I want to do for this particular Happy Hustle podcast episode is really get into the nitty gritty of the money. I'm talking finances in the midst of chaos. Obviously, right now we're we're in the middle of a crisis. So what I wanted to do is bring Brad on the mic, guys, for all you happy hustlers out there who maybe are a little uncertain with what to do right now with their finances. So, Brad, can you first say what up to all the happy hustlers out there and maybe tell us a little something interesting about yourself that not too many people know? What's up, happy hustlers? Uh, well, man. Let's see, born in South Africa, moved here when I was a kid. I'm actually African-American, I guess, technically, if you think of it that way. Uh, grew up as an only child of immigrant parents. So if you listen to Gary Vee and you understand his whole philosophy behind uh, being an immigrant and working hard and sacrificing, I completely relate to that. And I'm happy to spread that message because I feel uh, we've had a lot of good years and a lot of entitlement behind us. And it's it's time to get our finances in check because... That good ride is coming to an end, at least temporarily. So uh, uh, happy to connect with Carrie. This is one of the most 
<laughs> high energetic, ambitious, successful guys I know and anything he's doing, I'm happy to be a part of. And I, I received that and I appreciate it very much. And for the people who don't know, actually, Brad and I go way back. We, you know, modeled together back in back in our prime. And uh, we actually even lived together. So, you know, we have a history. And I've always looked to Brad as someone who really does make sound financial decisions and knows how to mitigate risk and invest wisely with his money. So I wanted him to really just spit some wisdom in terms of how to apply, even if you don't have but $100 or $1,000, I want to get into scenarios of how to use money wisely in this crisis and potentially where's the opportunities. Now, what I want to ask you first to kick things off is what is a holistic financial coach? Because I love that word holistic. But well, well, for one, obviously, holistic is trendy. It's hot here in California. Oh, you're holistic. Oh, that's cool. But the point is that money is an aspect of life. It's a slice of pie, but it's not the whole pie. And we've seen our parents and grandparents worship money. Like you've got to make the most, you've got to do all this. And then you have the other end where it's like money doesn't mean a damn thing. I could be poor under a bridge, but money's important. It's a resource, but it's not the only resource. Our time, our health, our relationships, everything matters, but money affects it. So if we can make money in a way that we enjoy, we have enough of it, we can give back, we could buy healthier food, healthier, uh, nicer groceries, we can go to a nicer gym or get a personal trainer, we can spend time with loved ones uh, on vacations, or we don't have to slave away at work. So the whole point is that money is one part of life. It's an important resource, but when you tie it into everything else, that's when you get the whole picture. And that's what I, I do with my clients is I, I paint the whole picture of life and put money in appropriately there. Love that. And I actually have a similar philosophy for the happy hustlers out there. They know this. I break down my life into the 10 alignments of being a happy hustler. And one of those aspects or alignments, will you, is financial abundance. Yes, no question. Finances are important, but they're not the most important. You know, there's also loving relationships and optimized health and, you know, personal development and nature connection and, and mindful meditations and, and spirituality, right? There's so many more aspects that I think it's such a very valuable point. And I really hope all of you here, Brad and myself talking about how you can, yes, place importance on money, but not over the balance and fulfillment and joy in your life. So what I want to talk about, you know, I, I really do appreciate that definition of holistic, you know, money coach. And I do think people potentially weigh maybe too much on money and the materialistic, you know, success and our, our truthfully, our society values similar elements of success more than others, like maybe a Ferrari versus giving a hundred K to a philanthropic cause you believe in, right? So it's like, I think in terms of our reality, currently, maybe we could change our priorities through this crisis. But what I want to talk about is where you see right now the greatest opportunity and where, let's say, 
the happy hustlers out there do have a thousand dollars. Let's just get right into it. Where should they invest in your opinion, based on your training with Dave Ramsey and, and Robert Kiyosaki and, you know, Tony Robbins, I know you've, you're very well read and educated. Where would you invest right now? If you had a thousand dollars? Oh, thank you, Kerry. Yes. I have a whole bookshelf behind me to <laughs> add credibility to every word I say. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, it really depends. I, I hate giving that it depends answer, but there's a lot of things at play. So for one, if you're having, if you have credit card debt right now, you're paying 16 to 22% on that. So any investment in the stock market or whatever, 99% chance it will be less than what you're paying on those loans. So getting that out of the way is, is first and foremost. Second of all, this is unprecedented times. We're in this crazy situation right now where people are still under this facade of, hey, things will go back to normal and then the restaurants will be open and all this. But what people don't understand is that we've been in this self, this quarantine for two and a half months. Here in LA, we're still in it. I don't know uh, if you're in it where you're at, uh, but everything's still pretty much shut down here for another week. So we're talking about two and a half months of human behavior switching, of, of changing. That means businesses that are used to going to an office and paying for that have now had to adapt to working from home and using Zoom and other teleconferencing software. So some businesses will say it did not work. We've got to go back to the office, but there's going to be a percentage that say we can do this from home and if we're going to save money. We don't need this office. So if you think, okay, all these commercial real estate buildings, they're going to, they're going to be out of business. There's not going to be enough businesses to go there. So I'm seeing opportunities with more affordable housing because I see a lot of these commercial buildings going, we can't put in retailers here. No one wants to go to a shopping mall. No one wants to, uh, have their business here because they're saving so much money working from home. We, we're going to have to convert this to apartments. If you are uh, thinking of starting a business right now, I would think catering towards something home-based, helping people operate better on Zoom. Uh, I, you know, I, I got to give credit to Chris Harder, who on his podcast, he said a Zoom coach. And I was like, oh, that is amazing. People that are going to do sales conferences that need to close high-end deals on uh on a, a teleconference rather than flying in person, that's going to be a huge skill. So what I see the opportunity in is understanding the skill set that is needed going forward and actually putting that ahead of anything else in terms of the market. But second of all would be building the relationships right now, because when the jobs come back for three months and six months, and then the loans run out and then clients don't actually go back to a lot of these businesses, those that are developing their skills and their relationships now will actually be able to get opportunities after the shit hits the fan. Because right now, it has not hit the fan. There's bandages holding everything up. But in six months and in eight months, we'll see what happens when everything dries up and what's left. Yeah. Very well said. I want to unpack some of it. So first and foremost, if you do have $1,000 and you do have credit card debt, pay off your credit card debt because you're paying, you're paying way too much, way too much in interest. Secondly, potentially look to the stock market. You mentioned the stock market. There is some deals there that you could potentially buy low, you know, mm -hmm. sell high. I, I personally bought a whole bunch of airline shares, you know, Me and, too. Yeah. you know, I, I was going to say, yeah, I didn't dive into that, but yeah. Uh, in mid-March, there were some great opportunities to buy. It's still pretty low. I, I, I'm not someone that knows the market very well. My girlfriend is actually a very well uh, experienced in, in the stock market, so she did that investing. But 
you know, like the Warren Buffett quote, when everyone is fearful, be greedy what, uh, and then be uh, fearful when everyone else is greedy. You be greedy when everyone else is fearful. You just do the opposite of the masses. And when everyone is selling and the market's very low and you have the, the money and you're out of the credit card debt, then, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, I agree. And then you also said some very interesting things about using this crisis as an opportunity. Find where the niche lies that you could serve if it is becoming a Zoom online closer or even a coach online or helping home-based businesses in some capacity. This is the new normal for the foreseeable future. And people need to start to realize that you have to adapt with the times. You have to evolve. Us as happy hustlers, we need to continue to grow every single day and make sure that we're putting our best foot forward and not waiting for the government to bail us out. You know, those checks have come. They're going to go. You know, ultimately, there's a lot of, you know, skepticism regarding those bailouts anyway and how, who's going to pay it back. So it's all a question mark right now. What isn't a question mark is what you do with your time and what you do with your finances and where you invest it. And that's why I wanted, you know, Brad to drop some knowledge bombs on us. So I appreciate that. Well, yeah, for sure, man. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, we can't rely on anyone else, whether it's the government or another business or our employer. It's really, what are we doing in our 24 hours? Are we staying healthy? Are we learning a new skill? It is up to us to make the relationships, to learn the skill that is coming next. People are like, oh, I feel so bad for truck drivers because there's going to be these uh, autonomous uh, trucks going around the country. Well, if you're a business and you can save so much money by getting these autonomous trucks, you do it. And you, you hopefully tell your truck driver, guys, learn these other skills now because, because in two years, this will be shifting. You know, no one is feeling bad for blockbuster employees that are laid off. It's pretty much... You, you shift, you learn skills and you shift. And that's just the world. I mean, horse and carriage is not going to be here forever. So yeah. that's where it's like, where are things going? Not where they're at. A lot of people are stuck with where it's at, but whether you're an investor or you just want to be successful in your career or anything, it's, I understand where things are at using what's happening now and patterns of the past. Where are things going? And patterns of the past show technology speeds things up, makes things more efficient. And how can I tap into that? So that's the kind of companies I would I would go towards, but at the same time, cruise lines and, and others and flights, airlines. If it's very low, there's still people that want to do it. So it's not like oh, don't ever invest in a cruise line or or invest in uh, airplanes because they're going to not come back. It's just okay. Well, what is the price you're buying at? Because they will come back. It may just be longer, maybe slower, but you know, it really boils down to you at the end. It, it's really just like what action are you going to take if you're expecting things to go back to normal, that's a losing formula. Like that's just a bad mindset to have all around. Yeah, very true. And I think you spoke quite elegantly on the mindset that is necessary, which is to evolve, to find the opportunity, to exploit your services to help others and find out where you can really attack a niche and pivot. If you have a business that was brick and mortar, well, it's going to be affected. And uh, you obviously know this if you have a brick and mortar business, it's affected and it's going to continue to be affected. So you need to pivot accordingly and figure out how you can make sales online or create a funnel or some type of digital product. So I turn think, it into catering, turn it into yeah. something, partner up with other businesses. But 
yeah, you can't just assume that customers are coming back. There's the fear factor of, I don't want to come back, especially like a restaurant. For one, I don't want to go to a restaurant yet. I'm afraid. Two, only uh, 25% occupancy or 50% occupancy as before. A lot of restaurants can't survive off of that. And people don't want to have dinner at 445 slot to 545 and then 545 to 645. You know, there's a lot of businesses that are going to change. And thank you for saying I spoke eloquently because that's the first time I've heard that in my life. (laughs) Well, you are well-spoken and, you know, well-educated. So I think it's important to point that out. Now, I want to get into your money hacks because I know on your website, bradleyjared.com, you have money hacks. Let's hear some of your best money hacks for the happy hustlers so they can apply right away to their life. I I think the first thing, I mean, look, I hate saying mindset because it's so uh, cheesy and it's cliche in this world, but everything... I look at with money comes down to opportunity cost. Every like I, I look at my own finances like a business. Everything I pay, the question always comes down to is this the best use of my money for my goals, for my short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. And maybe that's going out and having a slice of cake at Sweet Lady Jane's here in LA and it's a $10 slice of cake. And I say, you know what? This is the best use because I need this sanity. I need this. But then there's other you things love where cake. I go, I oh, remember man, that. Chocolate cake. Oh man. Sweet Lady Jane's in LA. You got to get cake. Um, it's just the best. But then there comes down to, all right, a car. There's, there's all these different things. And I think the most applicable thing that uh, clients get from, from when they talk to me is understanding what you can't see. Seeing the unseen, which is if I buy this car, what does that mean for everything else? You say you want to buy this house. Do you know what that delay is going to mean? Do you understand the maintenance? Do you see all these things? Because we are sold the surface. We are sold buy this car for only two uh, payments of $2.99 a month. That's it. But we're not seeing that's for seven years. It doesn't include this. If you go over miles, this. And if you decide to get a more reasonable car, if you decide to do this, what you can invest that now in the market and you're going to see ridiculous returns. And, and in 10 years, your net worth is going to be 10 times more because of that one decision, because now you're putting money towards something that is bringing you a return rather than something that's depreciating off the bat. So I, I think auditing your own your own mindset before the finances, auditing, auditing the way you think about money in terms of this is a tool for me to live my dreams right? That's the way I look at it. How can I best utilize this money so that I will be closer to my dreams? And then thinking of it, this $1, what would get me closer to my dreams? This book, this Audible uh, membership, this whatever it is, what's going to bring the best return? And sometimes you need escapism, you need like a nice vacation, you need that kind of stuff. But if that's the primary way that you're viewing your dollar, well, understand that you're always going to be living in that moment without getting ahead so that you can have an amazing future with all the time in mind. You're always going to be making those small decisions. Yeah. I mean, to your point, investing in yourself and really playing out the consequences is essential. I mean, you have to think, okay, if I allocate this dollar or these $10 or this $100 to an expensive meal out when I could have invested that into a $97 course teaching me how to manage other social media profiles or whatever, or create you know YouTube videos or whatever you want to invest in yourself, every single decision has a consequence. And I think it's essential that we as happy hustlers realize the consequences of our decisions before we make them. And I've never, you know, 
I'm not going to say never. I used to be very poor at this, you know, like I was my gut and, and what I wanted. And now I very much calculate my decisions ahead of time. Okay. If I'm going to invest in this, I know my goal is to build a, a, a ranch home in Montana. How is this decision? I, I postponed my new truck, you know, because I want to just, I got a perfectly fine truck. Now it's beautiful. It was my dream truck. truck. Yeah. yeah. It was my dream truck. Now I, you know, I got the the itch to get a bigger one. And I'm like, why do I have that itch, Carrie? You, your goal is to invest in a house and, uh, or build your own ranch home and, you know, on a river, beautiful place. So remember the goal that you're after guys, it's, it's mindset first, auditing your decision-making, realizing the consequences of your actions and investing in yourself. Yeah. And, and to go into a bit more specifics, uh, a couple tips came to my mind, which is the 80-20 rule, right? You know, we all have the the 20% of bills that take 80% of our money. And if you're going to start somewhere, it's literally going, what are my three or four biggest bills? And then typically it's housing, it's transportation, it's food. And if you start there and you just say, all right, my housing is this, how can I bring it down? Or how can I rent out another room or whatever? Just because you take one you make one good decision on your housing or on your transportation. That could be all the Starbucks lattes for the month. You know, five dollars a day at Starbucks is one fifty a month. But if you're paying two thousand dollars a month on rent and you can get that down to fifteen hundred and still be reasonably good, then have all the lattes. You know, that might bring you a lot of joy. However, the house. You know, maybe you don't even spend that much time in the house. Maybe you're out during the day and then you travel for work and you realize I'm spending so much on rent for what. And that 500 bucks can go towards investing in a skill. It could be investing in the market. It could be doing something that's going to compound the returns. And I think compound interest is something that is not emphasized enough because when your interest, when you make a little bit of money on your money and then that interest earns you interest and you see that, holy crap, this is turning into a giant uh, snowball because the interest starts making money and then that interest starts earning interest and then that interest, then you're like, holy shit, I see that in 10, 15, 20 years, you have this giant lump sum of money that's just been growing like crazy. And that's the same thing with the debt though. If you're paying the credit card interest or the credit card uh, off and you're just doing minimum payments and then the interest is racking up and and that interest is growing and then it's just this never ending cycle. So always just start with the biggest bills first. How can I shave off 10, 15% off my housing, off my transportation, off my food. One stupid little example, which has saved me so much money is, you know, I'm I'm very methodical. I make my smoothie every day. Like I hate going a day without my smoothie and it's, it has 12 ingredients. Every, every they're delicious smoothies. I've tried it. It's, it's amazing. (laughs) But I've found like a recipe that works and every, uh, every article that's ever been written on uh, livestrong.com about a food is in that smoothie. So you got like lemon and coconut milk and pea protein and spirulina and ginger and uh, all these things. But I re- realized I was using strawberries and blueberries. I was using frozen strawberries and f- frozen blueberries a few years ago. And I, I said, you know what? I want to do organic because berries are one of those foods that... The dirty dozen. Or, dirty dozen, exactly. So you want to do organic berries for better health because it's more uh, susceptible to pesticides and whatnot. And then I was buying some organic strawberries and blueberries. And I could not believe how much I was spending because I was doing a cup of each per smoothie per day. And when I did the math, I was spending $120 per month 
on berries. Woo. And I was like, this is twice my cell phone bill on two ingredients for my daily smoothie. That's, that's, and, and here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that because if that's your, what you value, that's fine. But I asked yeah. myself, do I really want to spend $120 a month on frozen berries, frozen organic berries? And then I said, well, what else could I use instead of berries? Bananas. And then it came to me. <laughs> bananas. Bananas are the jam. They're so cheap. It's like. I got a banana cents. tree. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's 19 cents per banana at Trader Joe's non-organic, 25 cents per banana uh, organic. So, I mean, like 30 bananas at 25 cents each. You're talking about $8 a month. So, I easily go, all right. Let's say nine dollars a month versus one twenty banana versus blueberry or blueberry and strawberry. I'll do the bananas. Yes, it, oh, it's higher in sugar. whatnot. to me, that, that trade off is worth it because that's a hundred and eleven bucks more a month going towards something else that's more meaningful. So it's just little things like that where, yes, uh, your housing is a big easy cost to just say, all right, every first of the month I drop fifteen hundred bucks. But groceries, if you eat the same thing every week. That's 52 weeks of a grocery bill where if you take that 20%, that, that top 20% of you always get salmon or you always get um, kale chips or you always get something and you see that $8.99 or $12.99, just ask, ask yourself, if I get this every week times 52, do I want to? And if the answer is yes, then the answer is yes. If the answer is no, then it's, hey, well, what's an alternative? Maybe that'll save me some money. But just getting in that mindset will start helping you audit everything else in your life. And now you have an extra 50 bucks to put towards investing $50 more towards paying off your credit card. So the same thing applies just that's a very small example. Great example too. I mean, what I was thinking about when you were talking, cutting costs with your groceries is how can you cut costs in your business? And recently I just hired, you know, uh, a team member that I was paying four times as much for the same exact service. But I went overseas and I hired a, you know, a professional at what he does overseas to essentially do exactly what I was paying four times more for. So I decreased my labor costs, you know, by four, by four times less just by making one simple switch. And it's, that's how you can happy hustle in every area, whether it's your grocery bill or your business or, you know, auditing your mindset is the first step and and realizing what's important. Yes. Spend frivolously on the things that you love that really bring you joy. But if you're on a goal to buy a home or real estate, commercial property, or invest in your Roth IRA or whatever your goal is to compound your interest, realize you have to make sacrifices and you have to have that auditing mindset. So very great points there. What I want to touch on with you too, Brad, is real estate, because I know you're a realtor and I know you own real estate. What do you see right now in the housing market and the commercial, you mentioned commercial real estate is obviously, you know, the demand is probably decreased given, you know, the current situation, but the, the supply is still there. Where do you see the opportunities in real estate right now? Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, commercial, I think, is going to have the most. Commercial and real estate or in retail is going to have the biggest drops, and rightfully so. Shopping malls are not going to be busy. Uh, I mean, even if people want to go, they're used to buying online, and they're going to have to drop the rents. I see commercial real estate, office buildings, places like that that had businesses before that were charging a fortune, especially here in L.A., they cannot get away with it. I like, I just, I, so what I, I see happening is 
certain companies are going to say work from home because it's working. Other companies are going to say work from home because we have to cut costs in order for this company to keep going. Because remember, you know, one company can be in business, but that's all dependent on their clients being in business. And those clients are dependent on those on their clients being in business. So it's a whole economic chain. I definitely see real estate dropping. However, even housing, because housing has just been on the rise for the last eight, uh, like 10 years. So I've been off uh, off the field in real estate for a couple of years because the prices have been enormous. It's just everyone has work and everyone is in a bidding war to buy up whatever, because when money is getting flooded in and everyone's working, there can be a bidding war. Now, what I see is that some of the businesses aren't going to come back. They'll come back temporarily until the band-aids are removed. And then they realize, okay, you're still gushing out and you're not going to survive. And I see that in my guess is in eight to 12 months, that's when the real estate market will move. Like, for example, I'm looking to move out of this shitty little uh, place with that has one bookshelf here. At, at the, <laughs> but this was a temporary little crash pad until I found a permanent place with my girlfriend. And these apartment complexes have not lowered their rent yet. However, Airbnb has gotten dirt cheap. So we're actually looking into doing a couple month lease on Airbnbs because those hosts are desperate because no one is coming in. They can't charge a hundred bucks a night, 150 a night. Now it's, I just need to break even or get close to it. So it's a good idea. If you are looking for a place and you want it furnished, hit up a couple Airbnb hosts and say, look, I need a place for two months, six months. What's the best you can do? Because you're not going to be able to fill that very well uh, in the near future. And then what I see happening is that when the businesses close down, when people that bought a home in the last six months or year or two years, one of the, the wife loses her job or the husband who's a realtor loses half his sales, all that, people that over leverage themselves, that's when the foreclosures will happen. That's when the market will go down. It's just there's a lot of bandages up right now. And we won't get to see the fallout for another, my guess is three to five months, six months after all the the loans run out and the stimulus checks run out and the the new human behavior kicks in. So, I I mean, if I'm looking to buy a, a property, like personally, I'm waiting for a year from now in Vegas. Vegas is going to be obviously one of the hardest hit. It's, it's tourism based. It is a place that people will want to go to eventually, but throughout all this uh, and through losing their own jobs, people aren't going to be flooding to Vegas when they're scrambling to cover their own bills. But to get a multifamily apartment building in Vegas where there's no state income tax and the prices are low, that's what I'm looking for, but not now. Because people are still trying to get what they can and uh, until shit really hits the fan, which was after all the stuff runs out, uh, you know, I'll wait until that point. But for now, it's just um, people are trying to get what they can. Those are great points and really do bring a ton of insight to the real estate market. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, okay, we went through it, we're done with the crisis, you know, probably you need to think again because right now we are still being bandaged by the government loans and these the financial stimulus packages have been effective in the mirror effect of or the mirage effect, will you, mm-hmm. where it seems as though on the surface, okay, the prices have kind of held steady. But as Brad said, three to five months after 
these funds run out. These businesses don't have any more loans. You're going to see more foreclosures. You're going to see real estate, you know, prices decline. So if you have been saving, then make your move. Because as he said ahead of time with the Warren Buffett quote, I mean, now is the time to pounce on the opportunities and be greedy when others are fearful. Not probably right now, but coming up in the yeah. future. Within the next 12 months, you can predict even more of a dip with the real estate. I mean, it is if you if you look at the financial experts and what they're talking about, it all the uh, the the data supports what Brad's saying. So, I I 100 and I also agree with the Airbnb market too. Me personally, Steph and I were planning to buy in Bozeman, Montana. Oh, there oh, goes the smoothie. Cool. Oh, all good. Keep rolling. <laughs> Down goes Frazier. It's that damn long steel straw. I go to grab the mug, it just knocks over the mug. All good. Hey, at least you're an eco warrior. I like that. No there plastic. <laughs> so the truth is, right now, you know, we found a great furnished, beautiful home, you know, for dirt cheap out there because, you know, everyone is having these properties that were making a killing on Airbnb, now they have to think again, and it is becoming more of a buyer's market rather than a seller's market. So that that tipping point is happening, if it hasn't already, in the next 12 months. So be prepared. Start to do your research if you do have cash or if you can get a loan and leverage other people's money to purchase property or commercial real estate. It is going to be one of the best times in our lives if you're, you know, you know, our age, like, or, or even in this, this age bracket, like if you're ready to pounce, this is the time coming up in the next 12 months to make moves to set you and your family up for life. So great points there, Brad. And what I want to do, usually I get to this sooner, but I want to take it back. I want to take it to baby Brad. What was it like growing up and, and talk to us about what your first hustle was. Oh man. Okay. Well, I, I think the first thing you need to know is that most babies, when they, they utter their first word, it's usually mama or dada, right? My first word was more. More. <laughs> My first word was more. I've always wanted more. Uh, maybe that's just being an only child. But, uh, you know, as a kid, I've always had that entrepreneurial bug, that, that just sense of I want to do something different. I, I saw my parents uh, get the first job they could here in the U.S. and hate it. And they'd come home and it would just be, got to pay the bills, watch TV, uh, do the same routine every weekend for 25 years. And I was like, this sucks. This seems so boring. And as a kid, I was always like, all right, well, what else can I do? And speaking of first hustles, I'm literally going back to my first hustle, which was basketball cards. I used to love basketball cards as a kid and I'd buy them and it, well, the, the cool thing is about cards as a kid is it you don't even realize it, but it's instilling that investor mentality. Whether you're right or wrong, it gives you that sense of, hey, I think this guy's going to be good, or I think this set is going to pop next, and all these kind of things. So it, it's so funny because uh, if you listen to Gary Vee, he's talking about basketball cards and football cards. and The, the industry has literally 5X'd in the last year. It's insane. And if you look at the prices, they're, they're through the roof. You have uh, these Jordan rookie cards that are going for over $50,000 now, and, and there's some mad money. So I've been getting back to that heavily, which we talked about before. But it was always something like, 
you know, I remember cutting out pictures of athletes on a, uh, from a magazine and putting it on a poster board. And my mom had a lamination machine and we would try and make our own posters and sell it. Me and this other kid in the neighborhood. And it was just like, all right, well, here's your custom poster with a picture of Charles Barkley or Jordan or, or whoever just laminated on this poster. Um, Let's see what else. I, I think I'd also bring gum to school and I'd give out gum, but then I started selling it as well just because everyone could use a pack of gum. Uh, and then, you know, I, I've had a job since I was, I think, 12. I, like, I've been walking dogs in the neighborhood just because I've always wanted to earn money somehow. And then I even got a job at the USF Sundome, which is where the college USF plays basketball and volleyball. Uh, and I got that job at 13, which I don't even know if that's legal for a I don't know either. <laughs> I'm like, how is that possible? But it was, I had paperwork, which is weird. And then Papa John's and Smoothie King. And then you just learn all these things. But, you know, the, the I idea worked of that Smoothie King, too. I know. Like, dude, man, that's it, man. So much sugar. So much, like, the worst quality smoothies ever. I know. Just like Smoothie King, it tastes great, but you're not losing any weight. Drinking that was the first sugar. place I got fired from. Drop, I dropped the bananas my first week. I had I cut a whole tub, and I dropped the oh. whole ba- tub of bananas. You got fired for that? I got fired. Joy. What? Her name was that's Joy. The, and she didn't, just like she didn't bring much joy. That's just like an mistake, right? You, one would think, Brad. Okay. One would think. But... Okay. But I love those hustles, man, and really does show your entrepreneurial spirit. And I know also, we touched on it, but you used to be heavily overweight, and then you turned into this you know, fitness model and professional TV host. I mean, you've, not only are you a realtor and uh, you know investor and a money coach, but you are you know, a professional model. If you guys are watching, you see this guy's uh, dashing good looks. Uh, this lighting's just blowing out my face. It looks like I'm in a, a tanning salon right now. It's horrible. <laughs> well, for those of you listening, check out his Instagram and you'll see him. But it's interesting to see your journey and to witness the many different elements and how you evolve. But one thing that's remained at the cornerstone is your health. And I always like to touch on health because I do believe it's an absolute priority in all of our lives. And I'd like to give the, the listeners tangible, happy hustle hacks for their health. And you going from one side of the spectrum to now, you know, being where you are, I'd like to hear some of your non-negotiables in terms of happy hustle health hacks. Sure. And I'm sure they parallel what you're doing and the other guests you have on your podcast. And I mean, it evolves every year and I experiment with different things, but it's just, I got to have my morning routine. So we all have a different morning routine, but I wake up, have my lemon water with a bit of salt. Uh, uh, first thing in the morning, I do a couple rounds of Wim Hof breathing. Sometimes I skip it, but I always regret skipping it. And then I go straight into a meditation for just 10 to 12 minutes and Depends on how deep I can get. If I can't get that deep, then it'll just be more of a, a gratitude practice. If it's deeper, then that's great. And then I get out of bed. And then I have my rebounder behind me. And that's been a game changer because I, I am that person that's like groggy and sore in the morning. I'm like, Ugh. And then you can't be on a trampoline and not smile and feel good. It, For sure. It's like there's that Daniel Tosh joke where it's like, have you ever seen someone frown on a jet ski? Like you can't do it. You know, you <laughs> buy happiness. It's called a jet ski. Yeah. Same thing with the trampoline. You get on the trampoline and it just feels good. And yeah. uh, for 300 bucks, 400 bucks, uh, it's a game changer. I jump so, every day. It, it's, it's amazing. It, it, morning, midday, uh, it, it just doesn't matter. There's no downside. It just feels good. So I'll, I'll do that. Um, and then when I brush my teeth, I'll just move my hips a bit. Uh, it'll be not like a dance, but it'll be more of like, 
I'm brushing my teeth with my electric toothbrush. I'll be moving around. I just want to get blood flowing and to use that time to, to get the kinks out. Uh, let's see. Then I'll, I'll try and walk outside for at least 15, 20 minutes because like the, the hardest part about this quarantine is I hate being inside. You know, here in Southern California, I moved here because you go outside and it's heavenly outside. And here I'm in this little shit cave with a, a bookshelf <laughs> and that's pretty much it. And it's trampoline. But I love getting that vitamin D. You're losing your financial credibility if you call your home a shit cave. <laughs> well, no, no, but here's the thing, man. It's humble living on, I know. on this because I've been investing so much in the market so I could have a much better place in the I, future. I know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. I wanted to make that distinction earlier, but it is true. This guy is willing to sacrifice short term. I know you own multiple houses, so I know that it's not it's not the money. What it is is the the what we talked about consequences and sacrificing the short term for the long term compound interest. So very good point. Well, and, and it's really that's what it comes down to. If I wanted a nicer home and I'm willing to give that stuff up in the future, I would. But for me. I'm okay with it because I like spending so much time outdoors and I travel for work and that kind of stuff. And I am looking for a better place. But I even told my girlfriend, I said, we get Airbnb until these rents drop. And then when we find a great deal, we get a nice apartment at a steal. But we're not going to pay pre-COVID prices now because those, you know, these prices are only set when everything is booming and going well and have jobs. Wait for the shit to hit the fan, and then we'll go into something else. But the point is, yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice. I drive a paid-off Hyundai that it'll be the last Hyundai I ever own. But after that, I'll have a Tesla, or I'll just Uber around, and I'm cool with that. But for now, it's the three biggest bills, housing, car, and then Trader Joe's instead of going to Air One. And Air One here is like $800 a month on groceries for yourself, and that's great. I'll have that one day. But for now, I'll do Trader Joe's because I can – Get organic and put that all towards investing into a property in Vegas that's going to pay for everything else. Yeah, so that's like the mindset there. But in terms of health, gotta have my smoothie. You know, I, I mentioned that earlier. Every I, I intermittent fast, and I've been pushing it to almost one meal a day now. So I mean, I'm like up to 4 p.m. Sometimes 5 p.m. Start with my. 50, 60 ounce smoothie that Smoothie King helped me. Uh, in fact, it's a Vitamix, very similar to the Smoothie King blender. <laughs> have that first thing of the day besides my black coffee and water. And uh, I mean, the the world of difference I feel uh, because it's spirulina, it's pea protein, it's ginger, it's lemon, it's coconut, it's everything healthy Mm -hmm. on a fast when your body's looking for any nutrient, any mineral. And that's the first thing to hit your system. Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. So uh, that for sure. And then besides that, definitely listen to a podcast today. Uh, I think that's, it's funny because when we met, we were bartending that one event in Brickell. Yeah. That's when I met you. And I remember you were talking about a lot of personal development and it was something I'd let go by the wayside for years, but I'd listened to Robert Kiyosaki and stuff before then kind of gotten that douchey model mindset of like, Oh, I'm hot shit. I'm going to be a model for diesel. I don't need personal <laughs> development because I'm cool. And then I was like, all right, this guy's like, he's, you know, he's dancing with the, the women here. He's like salsa <laughs> dancing with everyone. He's like rack, rigging in the tips. And I'm like, dude, this is not my personality, but this guy's pretty awesome. What is he doing? And, uh, and I actually got to credit you for reintroducing me to personal development because that was, well, I, I felt like the only one, especially in douchey ass Miami where uh, people, personal development in Miami do not go you would not think go together. There's the the people in Miami that have it, but it's not the theme of the city. Yeah. And so uh, when you introduced me or reintroduced me to it, uh, 
you know, it was pretty much one podcast a day minimum. That was my, uh, 2015 New Year's resolution, and that was the biggest game changer for me. So literally five and a half years of no less than one, but really on average, I'd say somewhere around two to three podcasts a day of spiritual growth, physical growth, emotional growth, uh, mental growth, investing, marketing, every little bit from people that are the thought leaders of the world Yep. for five and a half years. I yeah. Mean, like, so that's that. I that adds that up. With, yeah. Oh, oh I, mean, I mean, it takes over because yeah. it's also five and a half years of an hour a day of not the news or not rap music or certain music with bad lyrics or, or just negative influences. So it's not only what's coming in, it's what it's replacing as well. So it's like sure. a you're twice as as much momentum. So uh, that's that's a must for those sure. Those are great points, man. I love those health aspects. You know, just to your point personal development and controlling your input is absolutely imperative. And I was just creating a piece of content for uh, my online course, The Journey, 10 Days to Becoming a Happy Hustler, all about the system that I utilize for personal development. And I get into exactly how to utilize it. But in essence, it's 30 minutes of reading something inspiring and educational every morning, 30 minutes of listening every afternoon, something informative that's related to my goal, and then 30 minutes of watching something visual, visually stimulating, you know, every single day, whether YouTube or some type of, you know, movie that's inspiring. And that alone, those 90 minutes that have been the cornerstone of my growth, I've probably got a master's in so many different things just because I focus on really making sure that that gets done every single day. So where can you guys implement these systems for happy hustling, your personal growth and your health, having a healthy smoothie, you know, good routine, getting outside, you know, putting good, positive, healthy living organisms into your body that fuel you. Mm -hmm. So great points there, Brad. I want to ask you, what is a happy hustle hack that you use for business as well? Because I know we talked a lot about money and I know we've talked a lot about, you know, how to mitigate risk and, and, and how, where to put your finances. But in terms of business alone, do you have some happy hustle hacks that you can, you know, share with the listener, something that you've seen in your different businesses that have helped you grow or, or stay relevant in, in a noisy marketplace? I, I think, I think, uh, again, that's an interesting question and a happy hustle hack in business, I think would be the mindset of focusing on the effort rather than the results. And there, you know, I think it goes with being, uh, spiritually and emotionally grounded and being able to take everything as an experiment and an experience for my own journey and my own growth, rather than being fixated on a result that is out of my control and being able to use that as I don't understand this now, but I know this is going to serve me in the future. And yeah, I feel like that's, that's something that just popped in my mind. Um, that's great though. It's, it, it's focusing on the effort and not just the result. I mean, and I think to take it one step further, when you do focus on that effort and you even reward yourself for the effort, you build that momentum and that it's like, if you're going to focus on, okay, my goal is to launch an online business. All right. Instead of having my goal be make $10,000 that month, it's 
launch all my modules by a certain date and then, you know, continue to iterate based on the feedback that the market dictates, right? So I think it's focusing on that effort is, is essential. Yeah, yeah. To add to that, Carrie, is that, and uh, I, I love listening to Ed Milet. He's one mm-hmm. of my favorite guys. He's just He's a, a good well-rounded dude. dude, successful, but very humble. And one thing that he says, whether he got it from Tony Robbins or someone else, is confidence is built when you keep promises to yourself. And the promises to yourself can be efforts, can be, I will do this on this date. You can't promise yourself you're going to make $20,000 today because you don't have the plan behind it. And so many things are out of our control. But it's it's really saying, these are the things that I totally can do, that there might be distractions that come up, but I could still do them anyway. And if I want my confidence to to build and I want to believe the things I think and that I'm capable of, I've got to put in this action and just stick true to what I say I'm going to do. And ever since I heard that, I said, oh, my God, that's exactly it. I've lost confidence in myself every time I've pushed something a day later and a day later and I procrastinated when I told myself I would do it. And I've gained confidence every time I said, I'm going to do this tomorrow. And I actually completed it. I can trust Mm. myself. So the happy hustle hack is be your own ally by following through on your own word to yourself. Mic drop. Love that. Crushed it. I mean, coffee coffee mug drop, (laughs) coffee mug drop, which he did earlier. Uh, So guys, heed that message because truthfully, once you take action and keep your word to yourself, you will build momentum. You will build confidence. So ask yourself, what have you been procrastinating? What have you been putting off and own it and then make a different choice today to get it done to focus on where you can put that effort and and get the desired result. Great points there. Brad, what I want to do... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say one more thing that popped in my mind is just how long it's been taking one or two steps per day. And the ha- happy hustle hack number two would just be understanding how long life is and understanding what five years really is and what 10 years is. Because especially in my teens and 20s, Time, a month in the future when you're eight years old seems like an eternity. A month in the future when you're in college isn't that far. But now a month in the future at 33 years old is nothing. And so when you, I I almost see it like a plane taking off where if if you're a little kid, you look down and all you see is the runway. And then when uh, the plane goes a bit higher, it's, it's you getting older. And then when you're 90 years old, you see this huge perspective of the world. And patience is something that I think happens with time and happens with more experience and happens with things not working out, but always reminding yourself of, okay, five years is really nothing. 10 years is really nothing, but I'll just do a couple steps today and I'll enjoy the process and I'll be present and five years, I'll be good. If not 10 years, I'll be good. And and enjoying the journey that way, uh, you're not putting a lot of pressure on. It has to be this time. Yeah. Great point. You have to enjoy that pr- What you're doing is something that you do enjoy because you will quit if the inevitable adversity strikes and you're not passionate about it. It'll be easy for you to pivot and do something else. But if you find something that really does speak to your soul, that you can incorporate passion, purpose, and results in a positive impact, then 
you can go all in and just enjoy that journey in the process, that growth, that evolution. That's what it's about. So great points there. Um, Brad, what I want to do is dive in to the rapid fire round. Basically, this is just where I ask you random questions and you answer honestly first things that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yeah. And if I don't answer right away, I will blame it on the Wi-Fi, but it'll just be me thinking. <laughs> Noted. All right, let's go. Favorite movie? Uh, first thing that came to mind was The Last Samurai. I really like that oh, one. I but love probably that. not my favorite, but it's it's up there. It's a great I one. I just watched that. Favorite oh. food? My smoothie, man. Every day. It's the only thing that makes me feel physically better. And even though there's more delicious food, like a pizza pizza, my smoothie is like a must. I agree. Favorite book? Uh, I think A New Earth is my new favorite, but there's uh, Power of Now, there's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, there's a ton. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint one. Best business advice? Uh, listen to people that have done it, that are doing it, and that are supportive. And they'll have all the answers because they've done it themselves. Great point. What is your spirit animal? Shit, what's that really slow? A sloth? <laughs> a sloth or a giraffe? Because I got skinny legs. So. That's hilarious. <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oof. Oh, man. Superpower. Damn. Oh, man. I, I think flying is the first one, just how cool it is. But yeah. That's a good one. Maybe, yeah, flying is pretty sweet. But, yeah. you know, I, that's, a, that's a tough one. What's yeah. yours, by the way? Because you, you've got to have thought of this through. Thought, well, this through I, I, I wrestle with multiple, but I do think invisibility would be amazing. Mm, w- women's locker room in a oh, college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one word or transportation, like teleportation. I think that would be mm, awesome. Gotcha. One word you wish to be synonymous with your name for life. Mm, I think... Giver is one that that came up, but um, not in the traditional sense. I think giving in terms of changing the way people think and act, not in like I just wrote a big check or something like that. But I think pretty much anyone in this field wants to be known as a giver or someone of impact. Love that. And three things you're most grateful for right now. Uh, I think. You know, my, my girlfriend's father is going through tough health challenges right now. So it makes me think more about my own health, her health, my parents' health. And so, you know, it's easy. But I'll do one, which is health of those around me and myself. Uh, two would be living in Los Angeles because I've moved, I think, eight or nine times in the last decade. And I found my the place where my my soul feels at home. So I, I will say I'm very happy to be here. And third, I'll do something different, which is being reconnected to my best friend in Tampa and this childhood hobby of sports cards because I've gotten him back into it. And we've been doing like three to four hour Zoom sessions talking about different cards and sets. And just being able to touch, uh, tap into my childhood again has been especially at 33 years old, has been really a magical experience. So I'm very grateful for that. That's awesome, Brad. Now, what I want to do is go through where people who maybe are listening to this can learn more about you, follow you online. And then I know you also have a consultation that you've graciously offered to the happy hustlers out there. If they are interested in, you know, a financial coach, where can people go to find out more about you and learn more about that opportunity? 
Sure. Uh, my website is bradleyjared.com. It's Bradley, J-A-R-R-Y-D. That's how my mom decided to spell my middle name, uh, .com. And then I am Bradley Jared, same two R's, one Y on Instagram. And then, uh, yeah, feel free to check that out. And if you're into sports cards at all, I am the sports card, uh, the comeback card investor on YouTube. So I've been very excited about sharing financial and uh, investment advice, the things I'm doing, but applying that to such a fun little hobby. So if you're into that, then join me over there as well. And you also have a successful YouTube channel, which is all about obviously finances and and you know making and saving and investing money. What what's your channel on YouTube as well? Yeah, the that? Millennials Guide to Money is the YouTube station there where I put out some of this financial advice and there's some real estate. Uh, advice I had there that I feel even better about now when I put it out saying, hey, don't get Airbnbs unless you can also rent it out on a month-by-month basis and cover cover the, the rent. And a lot of people hopefully took that advice, but we'll see. Yeah, great points there. Last question before we say goodbye thank you so much for your time brad this has been amazing i think people will get a lot of value from this especially given the crisis and you know the financial uncertainty i think if you unpack some of these things that we discussed on this you know interview you can really implement a lot of great practices first and foremost financially auditing your mindset and realizing where you can sacrifice and where you should invest. Great points today, man. Thank you again for sharing your love and light with the happy hustlers. Now, last question, what does happy hustling mean to you? Happy hustling to me means being true to yourself because only you know what makes you happy, what passions you have. So when you're true to yourself and you're being you're focusing on on that and leaning into it towards whatever your unique goals and lifestyle that you want out of life is, then you that you're a happy hustler. Love that, man. Thank you so much again, Brad. This has been awesome. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Yeah.